You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network coming to you again today with an Australian Survivor episode. We didn't advertise this at all. We're just going to drop it on to you without any warning because that's how we roll. We are excited to be able to wrap up Australian Survivor All Stars. And we are joined today by the one, the only, Mr. Cable Brandon, former Oslet, still Oslet, never got fired, you know the drill. Podcast host himself and uh, one of the smartest brains when it comes to Australian Survivor out there. And just a bit of a general chat, how we thought the season ended, thoughts on the winner, thoughts on the future, and a little bit of chat about winners at war at the end. So without further ado, here is our Australian Survivor recap of the All-Stars season. Well, the last few episodes of it at least, with Mr. Cable Brandon. We're excited to close out Australian Survivor All-Stars. Not quite the way we were planning to close this out, but as I guess the entire world is in a weird state right now, no one's planning on doing anything the way they were only a couple of weeks ago now. So instead of getting one of those, I don't know, former winners of Australian Survivor, who cares about them? And we can get the esteemed, the amazing, the number one Australian Survivor fan in all of the suburb he lives in in Melbourne. I'm talking, of course, of the one, the only, Mr. Cable. Brandon Cable, welcome back to the Oz Network. <laughs> Thank you for having me. And uh, and also, you probably should put a little disclaimer there that the one true... Oh, no, I don't even know where I'm going. Go on, say it. Say say it. Now, you got to say it. I, I was gonna, well, I was, I was going to at least say that, uh, along with you and Matt, um, really, really uh, emphasises the... Uh, uh, I guess what's the word? OG uh, fans, you know, Whalers Way. Well, defenders. yeah, pretty. Well, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, well, yeah. That's that's what I'm getting at. That's a long-winded kind of. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's very early in the morning for me, so um, that's my excuse. Uh, yeah, but a defender and or acknowledger of the past and um, of all seasons Australian Survivor. So, um, yeah, I can't wait to talk about. All stars. I'm still sort of gutted. It would have been super awesome to have Craig, Katie, and a couple of other people. Guy, Imogen. But you know, that's I totally understand why that's not the case. And Channel Ten have rebranded their thing as as if Australian Survivor never existed beforehand. But um, yeah, we'll talk about it, and I'd be interested to hear what you think because I wasn't super high on the season. I think they hyped it up so much, a bit like Jeff Probst with uh, season 26, Caramoan, when it was one of the greatest seasons of all time and obviously that didn't really play out and is probably can, uh, most people say is one of the worst five seasons. So That's a very good point. Uh, yes. Um, no. Because I, 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 I do. Yeah. No, well, I, I thank you, Cable. Um, no, we, we got, we've got plenty to talk about, and I think it's also a case of uh, we didn't really advertise this episode. We didn't really sort of ask for questions or anything because it kind of came together a little bit last minute. Uh, I'm sure people are aware of the situation at hand for me. I'm in Canada now. Cable's still in Australia. It's 2.30 in the morning for him. <laughs> it's 8.30 in the morning for me, and we've kind of just strung this together as sort of a quick little wrap-up. But um, I thought it was important to bring to close this season because we did a bit of coverage in the lead up we had a lot of help from you cable a lot of help from julian talked about all of this and you know while we lasted an episode with andy a few weeks ago covering up to episode 15 well i think we're here to really just kind of go over the season in general talk about the final few episodes talk about our thoughts and kind of look to the future really but um it's interesting you bring up that you're not that high on this season i i have to say i'm pretty much with you i think that this season really did fizzle out quite early. I think Andy and I talked about this a few weeks back about this, that really there wasn't a whole lot of 
you know, places this could go coming into the merge. And you could blame that, yeah, we lost some of the characters early on, but, I mean, I would argue that's not necessarily entirely the case. You know, you still had Dave out there and he was providing a lot of entertainment. But I don't know, what what was it about this season that you think kind of died? Because I think it's a bit of a shame because at the end of the day, and we'll talk about this very soon, we've maybe got one of the top two, if not the greatest, single game from an Australian Survivor player in the history of Australian Survivor, and yet, sadly, they're going to come out of this probably from a fairly unmemorable season. What what was it about this season that you think kind of failed to live up to the expectations? Well, I will will say, though, the one redeeming thing for me was David winning. I I know, unfortunately, and you are probably... I can't speak for you, but I, I'm sure you're in the same headset, uh, mindset as myself in that we've watched Survivor since the very start and I feel like you sort of evolve and you start to understand how the editors put together the episodes and there's sometimes some seasons where a win is just clearly so good that they get shown so much that it's probably shoved down your throats a little bit and then there's some other ones that are a bit more under the radar you know, they vary, but I feel like, especially with Australian Survivor, the editing is still one of those things because there's so many episodes, there's so many stories, there's so many players that we focus on. I I didn't see Dave winning in that he was given so much airtime early. I'm thinking, oh, well, he's early, he's gone. They're giving us as much David as they can while he's here, similar a little bit to his last season. but And then when he sort of, got in there and it was getting towards the end and they were sort of almost begonging the rest of the other guys off. I still thought David would be someone that Moana, Sean, Tarzan or whoever was in that final sort of group. When he lost immunity, he was gone. So I guess for me, the surprise was him getting to the end and winning. So I did like that part of it because for me, it retained that I would have been, and this is nothing against Moana and Sean, but I did, or even Tarzan or Jackie, those few at the end, I just, it would have been a, a really boring season for me if they won. And it would have, again, you brought up the point, and I'm, I'm not going to refer to uh, the OG season and Celebrity Survivor, but if you just look at the Channel 10, I'm going to sound harsh, but the hot take is David is easily the best winner oh, they've hands had. Oh, hands down. And, and and there's nothing against all those people that won the other the, the other four seasons, but I feel like they were still not necessarily the best game players. They were the ones that were sort of just did enough to hang around and sort of almost not fell into a win, but you, all the big game players get taken out. It's such a long slog, the Australian version. So for David to actually stick it out and get there and also, you know, he had his, his, his moments, but he, he had some good team play, you know, finding idols and stuff. But for him, he had to win immunities too, to give himself, um, put himself there as well. So, yeah. Um, I, I definitely think from that point of view, the, the season redeemed itself. Cause I think that we, f- I feel like we really got a real true winner and someone that is is actually a good winner to have for the season, but um, uh, I just felt like that back end of the game was just so uh, like thank God Brooke and a couple others won a few immunities and Shawnee just to sort of you know stir it up a bit in that you know if, especially when they were the next to go it sort of threw a spanner in the works a little bit, but generally speaking, I mean it was a pretty average end of the game and oh, then unfortunately some of those people towards the end, they're not the most inspiring people for me. 
are not the kind of game players I want to see. So, again, it's very subjective, I know, but it wasn't the final sort of five or six I wanted to see. To well, I, I so think, that's probably not. I think you make the good point that it was it was important that David won. I think that, um, you know, we've talked a lot about on this show how... Australian Survivor Channel 10 version has a has a big habit of kind of being all flashy and all substance and then kind of overselling these players and they never win, you know, as you said. And that's no disrespect to Pia, Shane, Jericho or um, Christy. Christy. You know, like they, they all won in their own way. And again, we all know that Survivor isn't won based on big moves and blind sides and idle plays. That's not the sole way to win Survivor. It's one way. And finally, for Channel 10, they've had somebody win that way. So that's great for the way that they sell this game. But yeah, I'm with you in the fact that I definitely did not believe David was going to go far or win because, again, we all know Channel 10's track record on overselling these players and they never win. I mean, look at how they, you know, promoted someone like Henry and he just crashed and burned big time. Um, so, you know, it was kind of a case of the way they were selling someone like a Moana who had this huge edit about doing it for a family and how important the money was for her. Like, I mean, screamed winner's edit. We had Sean, you know, talking about how this was so devastating to her to come within one vote of winning, and this is him for redemption now. So I think kind of the way they sort of edited the final three, you really got a taste that, hang on a minute, any one of these people could legitimately win this. And based on the track record of Australian Survival Channel 10, based on the track record of, say, the original All-Stars, we didn't think that someone like David could win this game. So it seemed to me, going into that finale, that Moana or Sham was going to win, and it wasn't the case. And, I, and I'll and i say, as, ba- as much as this season to me and to you and to others, I think, did not live up to expectations, I think we needed this win. We needed a David winning so that Channel 10 can finally be like, hey, guys, look, we're right. This is how you play the game. And someone like Lockie, who clearly is all about, oh, you have to make big moves to win... Um, you know, someone like him can come out and say, well, clearly David won. And we're going to hear that now for the next, you know, one or two seasons. But um, I think it, it, it was an important winner. And I think David winning was the best outcome for this season. And let's be honest, and I'm with you, no disrespect to Moana, no disrespect to Sean, but had one of them win, you know, we might be talking about this as maybe one of the, the bottom two seasons. But I think with David winning it, it elevates it to at least a middle season. Um, and I think that that's important, particularly for how Channel 10 sell their version. And, you know, I, I wasn't a David fan the first season. I've told everyone that I've come around now and I, I thoroughly entertained. And, I mean, it was, it was a great win. And, like, I, I think I was talking about this to, to Andy, that he's kind of like the Tony Vlachos of Australian Survivor in the fact that he shouldn't win, but he did. And we're all the better off for it, I think. Yeah, I'm sort of surprised he even got past the early stage of the game. I think enough of those players had seen enough of his game first time around that he he shouldn't have been trusted. I think Brooke said that in the reunion, but they said, you know, he's kind of got a charisma about him and, you know, you sort of get suckered into it. And um, full credit, like I, I'm not super high on David, but I'm, I appreciate his play, I think he's a likeable enough winner. Uh, I think sometimes it is a little bit over the top and I, I can't remember whether it was I was speaking to you in a previous podcast or somebody else like Julian or Ryan, but the one thing that did get me, the one thing David lost me a little bit was he went too far. When he was getting rid of Phoebe, I think what well, he was trying to be have fun with it and maybe be a bit of a villain, but he just went too far and taking it personally and almost, you know, really 
being demeaning, and that was the one thing that kind of annoyed me a little bit because I'm like, it was almost like he got carried away with this character he sort of exaggerated on screen a little bit and and played up too much. Uh, that was yeah. There's some moments there, but then when they showed the recap in the uh, reunion of all these sort of best moments, I'm like, geez, that's a pretty good highlights reel. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think Andy summed that up a lot uh, the other week when he kind of said that you know, he really ticks all the boxes. Like, you know, he's charismatic. You just, you're drawn to him, you know, socially, you know, he's physical, he's strategic. And that kind of, sometimes he gets his, you know, he gets a little bit too ahead of himself the way he kind of carries himself. And that was kind of his downfall during season six. But, you know, he kind of toned that back a little bit. But, um, you know, I think that's what's good about someone like David is that, you know, let's let's be honest, he clearly obviously was a recruit in some form because he was initially a, a champion. Um, from what I know, he wasn't really someone who watched the show. He kind of watched it and sort of caught up a lot. So he's kind of adapted to the yeah. game. And, you know, I think it's it's his profession, though, as well. Like, I mean, it's... I know we've had models and male models on US Survivor and they haven't really done well in the past. But I think kind of... They recruited so well with someone like David to get this. And I think this is where we're glad that we have someone like this as a recruit. I mean, I, I this is a whole other episode. We've talked about it before. And I'm not one to necessarily be completely negative against recruits like some people are out there. And I think we're kind of used to recruits now anyway in Survivor. But, I mean, you know, if you had gone back two years ago and this initial Champions vs. Contenders idea came about, I remember when we were discussing this, what does this mean? You know, are we going to have celebrities? How does this work? I don't think we're really going to think that, oh, a male model or even a female model, because we had What's-Her-Name on, on Season 5. You know, you're thinking like, Monica, oh, yeah. is, this, is this really a champion? You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, I think we were better off for having him out there. Um, and again, you know, love him or hate him, he brought something new to our screens. Um, I, I agree with you. He's hands down the best Channel 10 winner. And again, no disrespect to the other ones, but I think anyone would agree with that. And I think you and I can have a conversation very shortly because I think you and I are the you know, few that are qualified because we will actually have this debate with other people ignore it. It's a conversation to have. Who's better, him or Rob? So, yeah, I think we're all the better to have had David on this show and to have won this season. Yeah, I'm, I'm wrapped. I, I mean, look, I'd be interested to know what you're gonna, uh, how you're going to answer this because I think it's pretty well renowned that unfortunately uh, spoilers for definitely the Australian version of this game um, can get leaked either by the players or through sports bet, uh, all all that sort of stuff. And I remember a production member actually reached out to me just as the season was airing and he's like, oh, I hope you enjoy the season. Uh, Have you heard any spoilers? And I'm like, no, I actually haven't. Which is good. He's like, oh, good, good. Cause, and then I was like, oh, well, clearly spoilers have got out and they're aware of it and not happy about it. Um, and obviously they want everyone to enjoy the season without being spoiled. So, But then I don't know if somewhere, somewhere along the line, and maybe this is another reason why I wasn't super high on the end game, was I feel like someone had said something or slipped up or said something about Moana, and then that made me think, oh, I think she's going to win. And, and like you said, like a lot of the edit was saying, I'm doing it for my family. I'm out here. I'm going to do this and do that. And I'm like, oh, she's saying all the right winner stuff. Like I don't feel like we got a lot of that of maybe Sean as much or David and some other people. But Moana seemed to get it a lot. You know, she sort of – it was a bit more of a regular thing. And I was like, oh, this, is, this will be a terrible – no offence, but this would make – if she won – 
unless she was going to make some big moves in that end of the game, I'm thinking this is an- another average or so-so winner for Australian Survivor. And I'm like, I don't know if it can survive that, apart from a coronavirus <laughs> issue. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it sounds harsh, but I, I'll be honest too. I don't hate Moana. I'm just not a fan of hers at all, whether it's inside the game or as an AFLW person um, of footballer. I'm just not very high on her personally and She's so a that Collingwood would girl though. No, no, she was an overpaid <laughs> marquee didn't <laughs> let's be honest, she had one great game of football and then she was playing off that for the rest of the she was she's been one of the most overrated, overhyped AFLW players of all time. So um and it's just little things like that. Yeah, it's great what she does off off field with her family and all that sort of stuff. And Good on her for that, but I'm just I'm not a fan of hers. So again, for me, maybe that's why I just after the merge when I saw Nick go and Phoebe go and I knew Harry and AK were in the gun and even Shawnee to a point and I knew Brooke was up against it. I was like, eh, I'm not really high on this season anymore. I was and even then I wasn't to be honest, I didn't care if I I don't think I really got got sport, but I wasn't watching like hanging out to get home from work or whenever I was watching the episode. I wasn't hanging out. I was like, Oh yeah, well, I guess I'll put that on. Like I just yeah. that back that last ten episodes, I was like, oh yeah, I'll watch it tomorrow. No, like, I'm I just you. wasn't. Yeah, yeah. Look, it, it's funny and, you say and, that. And that's... Yeah, I was obviously traveling and kind of everything. I mean, I think I went about six episodes without watching it, and then kind of I had them, and I'd been, you know, well, it was early on. I think you know you had accidentally spoiled an episode for me. Chris Dixon had like I kind of was like, oh great, guys. Like you know, I didn't want to be spoiled, but literally like when I had about six to catch up on, I'd seen all the spoilers and I didn't actually give a shit. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it kind of worked that way. Um, I want to talk about Moana again in a second, Sean, and just say that because uh, you make some good points about Moana. But I, I, I brought it up, and I need to bring it up now because I'll forget to bring it up again. David, is he is he the GOAT? Is How does he compare now? Let's, I mean, it's Rob. It's it's him or Rob, let's be honest. Um, I think he's easily in the top two. I, I love Katie. You know I love Katie. But I've got to be honest here. I think that David is in the top two now and you and I ranked these players a few years ago and we're going to do this again Ooh, one day yeah. with Matt but um, I, I'm saying this right now and I think people will think this is a big deal for me to say this because I'm a staunch defender of, of Rob Dixon Katie and all those players but is is he now the GOAT? How And it's it's difficult. This is a difficult question to ask because I think it's not as clear-cut as people out there right now saying oh he's the best yeah. to ever play any version in the world. No, that's not true. Um, but yeah, what's your take it's on that? Sometimes, I mean, yeah, look, it's and look, it's a great effort. I mean, how many? What did last thirty two, thirty four days the first time, fifty days this time? Um, yeah, look, I think if you just looked on current stats and how complicated the game is now, you'd have to give it to him over Rob, but then. There was, I don't know, you had brought that up on Twitter or maybe it was Pete. Did Peter's brother? Pete has been Rob's tweeting brother. a little bit about it sorry. as well, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I know you comment and then someone goes, oh, David Street's ahead of Rob. And I'm like, okay, that's your opinion. But I was kind of like, well, it's not really, that's not even a fair assessment. I mean, at the end of the day where it's trying to, like, compare Michael Jordan to LeBron James in different eras. Like, yeah. the game's different. Um and in fairness to Rob, and unfortunately he can't defend himself no longer because he's no longer with us. And and but in the day he played with what he had, and it's the same with David and, and other players. Like they play the game um, with the rules they're set, or the again the what production give them and the the twists and stuff. So 
I think, uh, yeah, I think, yeah, I don't even hate, I hate trying to compare it because I think I could justifiably say David's the greatest of all time, but then in the same breath go, well, but Rob, you know, it was the first time and it was the first time Aussies did it and the conditions were worse. What, you know, there's so many ways you can look at it that, um, but yeah, tricky. I would say, well, I would say physically, though, when you look at challenges, I, I definitely think what Channel 10 do now, and I know with uh, you and Matt on archives, you're talking about obviously some of the challenges being really average uh, in the OG season. I mean, you can't deny David's efforts and, yeah. and you, even someone like a Brook and, and those people that really step up on those challenges. Like, they're brutal, a lot of those challenges, and... Uh, uh, I guess you'd have to probably say David's probably almost the greatest. Well, I think, um, I think you make I, a good point, though, about, like, um, how it's the times and it's, like, the adaptability. Like, you know, as much as we're defending and we love Rob, Rob didn't really have to adapt to much. Rob kind of said his thing early on and then moved on. But, like, Rob had an ability about him to control that and it takes effort to still be able to control something for 39 days and not have everyone sway and basically have everyone wrapped around your little finger to control that game from start to finish. David didn't control the game from start to finish, but having said that, you can't really do that in modern Australian Survivor because the game changes at the drop of a hat, so you've got to be so much, you know, adaptable. The other thing I think that's kind of difficult is that David won only second time around, so you could then argue, well, he had ability to kind of think about his mistakes and come back and do it. If you were comparing this, you know, to... And we had this conversation last season. David last season to Rob, Rob easily takes that crown. If you were to take David's first season out and just compare their winning seasons, then that's when it gets a little bit trickier. Um, mm. And But I, I would also even say that the, the extra layer to that is, while David has had the experience and, and to make learn where he made mistakes, the next time he goes in, he's playing against the All-Stars, so yeah. people that have seen his game and, True. and vice versa... And they know he's a threat, and they should—they should have known he was an early boot. But they still let him get to day fifty and win the game. And so, I think, and on I that think, comparison, yeah. I think that if you were to, if Rob was with us still, and we lived in a world where, say, Rob was on this season versus David, you know, David has got a target on his back straight away. I don't think Rob gets a target on his back. Rob's that type of guy that, even though people know he won. He's just such a likable guy that you know people. Would they? Yeah, they're, they're people are going to kind of keep him along along a lot longer. So I mean, look, there's there's no answer. We know this is not a, a clear cut answer, and the day that comes when we eventually rank these players again, whether it be here on the Oz Network or over on ASA, we know this is at this point in time going to be the top two, and it's going to come down to who's going to ultimately you know take it. And I think at the end of the day we're probably going to be satisfied with either way. Again, I know I and you and Matt, we've all been the most staunch defenders of Whaler's Way, the staunch Rob Dixon defenders in the world, and we will continue to be. But I think this is almost a good thing that we can now... And I'm actually happy as someone who is so old school and so happy to defend the old school and criticise Channel 10 when nobody will. I'm actually really happy that we can have this conversation now. I feel we were overdue to finally have a winner, or a player at least, on a level where we can say we can finally put them up there because I, I think we'd struggle to have that in Channel 10 to really have a truly great player. And and on top of that too, Cable, I think that, you know, that transitions me into someone like Sean because I feel that Sean's in that conversation for top couple as well because I feel she got so unfairly criticised to get only one vote at the end. 
I thought Shan handled herself so well, particularly when she's basically being talked down that not making a move is a move. And she's like, well, hang on a minute, that is a move. And then props to Harry for jumping on it, going like, no, she's right. Like, not making a move is a move. Um, and I, I love Shan. I, I, I mean, this woman has become runner-up twice. She's played 100 days in only two seasons. No US survivor can ever say that. Shan is, is, a, is an amazing player and easily in the conversation to me too for the greatest female player of Australian Survivor of all time. Yes, the only thing that she suffers from is final a uh, final tribal council. I think again, again from what we saw in the edit the other night, uh, she was definitely a lot better and she spoke a lot clearer and was more concise and more. She owned almost everything until Tarzan asked her that hard question, and that's where she faltered because I don't know if she was expecting that one or she didn't think about it. But she really kind of looked like she got caught in a lie. I think she and... recovered, though. I think the way she recovered, she... the one that annoyed me, and it also annoyed me how AK did it. I think it was a ridiculous, childish thing that AK did. Um, but I, it annoyed me that Sean kind of... Sean should have just owned that straight away. If I was Sean, I would have been like, that's a stupid question. I own my move. Get over it. Like, that's what I would have done. Mm. Oh, look, I, I think it was a good TV moment. I think... I think there'll be more to come out. Like, we'll, we'll, some players will come out soon and there'll be a few deep dives. I know Ryan has got a couple of people, I think, lined up. Um, I think there's a lot still not to take anything away from some of the players' games. Right? I think there's, unfortunately, maybe production wanted certain people to do well and didn't care about others. Hands down. About yep. being necessarily fair. So there'll definitely be stuff come out later Um you know, I'm sure you talk to some players. I know some players, sort of acquaintances, and have the occasional chat. And and I, and again, that's another thing. Of uh, to be f- uh, full disclosure, fully transparent to our listeners, um, maybe that's why I wasn't super high in the season because, you know, I was excited for it. I was wrapped. Yeah, there was a couple of people that got cast that I was like, mm, like again, like mine, wasn't one. I'm like, well, why did she get recast? Obviously, she was a fan of productions the first time around, although she was well-liked, um, you know. But I, I feel like conversation I had with some players that played um, before the season played out, even though they didn't give me any spoilers, reading between the lines, I felt like there was a bit of bitterness in the wind and it wasn't necessarily the gameplay. It was more behind-the-scenes stuff, so... I think that in the coming weeks that'll come out and they'll wash a lot of that sort of stuff. And yeah, I think we'll find sure. that um, while things weren't necessarily rigged, I think definitely certain aspects of the game will push a certain way to, you know, manufacture a result. And I had a conversation again a few hours before we, we've spoken tonight that I won't name the player, but just in conversation, um, i and I pretty much said, unfortunately, by the sound of things, after this, con- you know, at the end of this conversation, that a survivor or a strange survivor is less reality than it should be, and that it's become almost like Married at First Sight, where it's an over overproduced and manufactured or overproduced show to manufacture particular results. Yeah. And I think that's where it's wrong. And I mean, we probably should acknowledge that if we're being fair. No, as well. I think it's so, important because I think, like, you know you know that I've been constantly critical of the way this show is produced for many years. And again, my issue with a lot of Australian survivors is that no one speaks out about this is that people think this is just this absolutely polished product that is so brilliant. And it, and it, and it baffles me because 
I mean, it's just, it's not, it's really not. There are issues. I wrote an article about it, the problems with this show. And again, I got ripped a new one because people just don't want to admit there's any faults to this show. Um, and I think there definitely are. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to hear a lot of people talking out about it. Cause I mean, that's, I guess one slight positive is that channel 10 doesn't really hold these people to gospel on contracts. As soon as the season's over, they're kind of free willed and allowed to talk. Um, so yep. that's kind of, I think, I think there's already players talking to Johnny Fairplay in the coming weeks. So yeah, nice. Well, uh, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. Like I, I still love this notion of a deep dive, which people call it, mate, we've been doing deep dive since day one. Uh, you know, we don't, we, we don't need to call things. Oh, look, we're doing a long interview today. That's what we do. Um, so <laughs> cute. You do your deep dives on the podcast. Um, I, just a few other people, uh, like, look, Moana, I uh, look, She's let's be honest. She's not the most entertaining person in the world, but I think she's got a subtleness to the way she does. Like I actually weirdly enjoyed her kind of, I guess I don't want to say monotone. That sounds a bit mean. She's just I don't know. Her very calm demeanor in delivering confessionals. It's a bit of a to me. I weirdly liked it because you mentioned before with David that sometimes it can seem a bit fake. Like so many of these players on this show are clearly playing out for the camera. Like AK's milking the camera, you know, uh, Harry's milking the camera, Nick's milking. They're all milking it. They know and good for them. Like it's it's a TV show. I understand why they're doing it. I would do exactly the same. But I think the difference is, and I don't know if it's just how Australian Survivor is produced. Sometimes it just does seem very fake. It seems, as you said, very married at first sight. Um, but like, that's just what I liked about Moana. It just, it never came across that. It was just very natural. Um, and I kind of, I, I liked that about her and I liked her fight with that. Um, I mean, some other ones, I mean, look, go, go ahead. No, go ahead. Yeah. Well I, well, I have to agree. Like the one thing I will give Moana like, towards the end, you know, her early game, and look, this is nothing against her too, because I think we have learned that coming fast out of the gates in Australian Survivor doesn't get you very far, even though that's probably the way to play in the American version. We've seen Nick suffer that fate in the first sort of season, I guess, Andy Torrance to a point, even Craig, um, people that were willing to play. Actually, Phoebe in her first season, all these players that were willing to play early got taken out early because, you know, that's not the integrity. It's all about mateship and it's all about being together in a tribe and all that rubbish. And... And you saw AK the next season he played. He was out of the gate, ready, you know, ready to start playing. And people were like, mate, you're too fast, mate. Go, you know. Um, so I think I, I was really surprised how slow she came out of the gate. And she did look like she was just moping in the tent for the first 20 days, I think Phoebe said, and not really talking to anyone. But what I will give her credit for was this fact that people were still coming to her with information. And she did. She did explain it well that, you know, she was – she was sort of sitting in the tent a lot. She wasn't moving around to people, but people come to her and she just have these one-on-one conversations and she'd send Zach over to David and they'd have the conversation and they'd come back and then she'd speak. And, like, from that point of view, that strategy, I think it was really good because I felt like, yeah, she was that integral part of the, the tribe that people felt they could trust her and go to her. But I agree with you too. Like, unfortunately, she, when it came to the confessionals, yeah, she explained well what she was doing and how... She was trying to get there, but I mean, sometimes you probably did, yeah, need that almost over exaggerated Davidism about her just to make her a bit more exciting or a bit more flashy or something. It just, it was unfortunately a little bit boring. 
Yeah, and I guess it kind of takes on how you perceive the show. Like, I mean, I think a lot of modern Australian Survivor fans, they love the Davids, the AKs, you know, the flashy things, and that's fine. That's 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 completely fine. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I think kind of there's a bit of Moana's confessionalism that is very much like a Whaler's Way confessional, isn't it? Like, they're very kind of just calm, collected, you know, straight to the point, bit of sass there. Like, again, Rob Dixon was great at kind of, you know, bringing a bit of sass and calm demeanor to his confessionals without being fake. That's the thing. Like, to me, it's not... Some, it just, it's just when it comes across as fake is when it annoys me. You said that a bit with David, and it, it does a little. Like, again, David's a, you know, he's used to playing up to cameras. He knows what to do. He's going to drop an Iron Man liner, you know. He's going to drop a Zoolander quote. Like, it's hilarious. It's going to make TV. So he knows what he's going to do, and Channel 10 are going to milk that up. Um, I think, though, it's like, it's nice. Sh- Shan's someone who I think was very natural, the way she delivered things. You know, uh, Tarzan, clearly, supernatural. Um, but then, you know, you look at some other people, like, don't even get me started on Shawnee and, you know, just some of the way that kind of things are handled around her and everything. But, um, yeah, anyway, I'm losing track of point. Other, just a few other players. I mean, again, look, when we're not going to go through everyone who got eliminated. This is kind of just almost a wrap of the season, but, um, I guess give me some other players that you enjoyed maybe this time around that you weren't expecting to, like kind of surprised you based on their first time around. Anyone that stand out in particular to you? Uh, n- not a lot. I feel like I like I like I actually love Brooke again. Um, I was a fan of Brooke the first time, but I thought Brooke coming in again early. You know, she was sort of tied to Lockie and the cool kids, you know, her Phoebe and Flick and AK, and I, I was like, oh, is she gonna really be a player? And but that back end when she had to fight, she she's amazing at those challenges. She's just fantastic and. I actually thought she was definitely better in confessionals this time around too. It was almost like, oh, I understand this show now and I understand how it's produced and I've watched a few more seasons and I've been involved in community. I understand almost like what's expected of me. So I I felt like a lot of her confessionals were really good quality ones and when they were talking about even just the family stuff and getting gifts from home, I, I noticed a lot of the times I actually went to her for that sort of human side as well. And I think she delivered really good stuff there. So Brooke really impressed me because I, I felt like she could have been just another one that could have been just a pre-merge sort of floating in the background. sort of. Whereas Flick, Flick was just oh. non-existent. And that's really sad. I just think, so sad. okay, if, if they're not part of the big story, I can sort of understand it, but this is not a newbie season. This is all yeah. stars, and you know. So I, I don't know whether she just wasn't giving them what they want, what they wanted to hear, or something. But um, yeah, for her to what, she got one or two confessionals for the, the whole season. It's just um, and we love Flick. Like Flick, um, Flick, mm. Flick to me was one of the most excited ones I was to see back because. I remember in sort of watching, you know, re-watching her season or whatever, like, Flick's just got such a quality about her and he's such a great player and, oh, it was just such a shame to kind of see her shafted so much, um, you know, and, yeah, that, that sucked. And, like, they kind of only just portrayed this whole thing around just the Brook revenge. Um, oh, that I was going to say, they touch on that in the reunion and that's – I'll let you get back to Flick, but that's another thing we should touch on is this whole – revenge stuff which i think is a manufactured thing oh absolutely and look look i i get it but like i mean you know we had a bit of that in us all stars um but like they didn't milk it to the point like where it was kind of so over the top like okay you want a bit of revenge like you know yeah lydia against shane and kind of david against daisy and like okay fine show a bit of it but 
like, I remember in the preview episode I did with Matt, like, at the beginning of this season, and, and Matt kept bringing up the whole, you know, oh, Brooke's going to have revenge against um, Flick. It's going to be a thing. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I completely forgot about that in, in her season. Like, that was not something that I've sat with for four years. Again, I didn't play. I understand why I could sit with Brooke. But, like... This this is a tricky thing. You and I have never played the game. I'd like to sit here and say I would take the high ground and go, oh, it's only a game. I'm not going to hold that against someone. But also deep down, I probably know that's not the case. If I have a chance to take you out, Cable, if you took me out in my first season, I'm probably going to take it. But I also wouldn't want that to be my sole reason of coming back. Like, mm. I think that's a bit silly that if that's Brooke's only purpose to come back to play to seek revenge on something that happened four years ago, I mean, I think that's a little bit just, it's it's silly. Um and, yeah, this whole revenge notion, while it works at some point, it, it definitely was overplayed. I, I definitely agree with you. Yeah, it's... um, Yeah, I th- look, I understand it. It's a selling point, but I felt like... I hope they just didn't bring certain people back so they could have that revenge. And I, I now that... The more I think about if they... You know, producers were almost pushing things a certain way, I could almost imagine them going you know, in confessionals just before Flick was voted out or leading up to that. Oh, Brooke, bro, don't forget, Flick, remember Flick voted yeah. you out? What, I mean, what are your thoughts about that? Maybe tonight, maybe the t- tonight's the time, you know, like, because even when she went out, I, I sort of thought at some point it was going to happen, but I'm like, was it even the right move then to take Flick out? It just felt like, again, it was like, it was just for the TV moment. Yeah. Like, it's like, but was that the good thing for Brooks' game or the rest of the group? I mean, I don't know. I just... Well, Australian Survivor is filled with those. I mean, look, let's random twists. Let's have oh, AK is definitely going tonight. Poor AK. Oh, but what? Last minute. Hang on a minute. How about we throw in a random fire challenge? If you win, you get back in the game. AK. Like it was just so stupid. Stop with these twists. They're just so dumb. Yeah, I. That was. <laughs> I thought we were going to get to twist at some point, and that oh. was. I kind of liked the fact that it could have kept AK in the game and could have thrown a spanner in their works. But there's a few twists that, again, that didn't pay off because obviously Mo beat him in the fire, so that didn't work. And then what was it? Oh, the other one was the like save, save or stop tribal council that yeah. Harry could have get, given to Nick, and then it didn't play out, and Nick could have been saved. But again, that would have been another episode they could have had the you know, the non-elimination round. And then, so you sort of wonder how many twists... I feel like that AK twist with the fire was actually thrown in last minute. wouldn't Same. have been... I don't think that was planned at all. I think that was thrown in because they knew they, they needed to try and have it some sort of non-elimination because then they've also had the Exile Island twist a couple of times oh, and Shawnee's gone there. Terrible. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, I don't know. The thing, um... the thing with that, that fire one, the one that I think that they should have made it interesting, right? If they're going to do a stupid twist like that and say, okay, if you think you're going, put yourself up fire. But whoever, like, and this is what they should have said to, like, Moana, okay, somebody, you have to put somebody else up against AK. However, if they lose, they're also out of the game. So you either accept that he's going to stay in the game and he's safe or you risk it to get him out and you're also risking yourself in the game. That would have made it interesting. I think it was silly that they were basically like, oh, Moana, you go up against it. If you, if you win, you, you know, if you lose, you're still in the game. AK just gets back in. Make it interesting. Put a risk up for them. Yeah. There's... Um... Yeah, I don't know. Look, I understand, unfortunately, production have to come up with creative and interesting ways to have non-elimination rounds, but 
I don't know. I just feel like t- this year's especially that's a game where there were some great blindsides in the game and there was some great, great gameplay by the players, but I feel like a lot of the twists that they had just really bombed. I mean, even the one thing that actually blew my mind too, I can't remember, it must have been the first swap or the first twist where there was not going to be a vote out, but there was going to be... Exile or something. I can't remember. But we hadn't had a twist yet and we are getting into the game and the players looked all shocked and I'm like, come on, guys, it's all-stars. You know yeah. you're going to have a non-elimination. You're going to have some funny thing where John goes, all right, guys, now tonight you're not voting or you're going to be voting, but it's not for someone to vote out. It's for uh, someone to go to the other tribe, whatever it is. Surely they've got to understand, look, okay, this is their plan. This is who we want to vote out. But in the back of our, all their minds, they should be going, hang on. We're getting like we're, we're we're a few votes in now. We must be getting close to some sort of there has to variation. be. I, I don't believe for the slightest that AK or Nick are not saying these things out there. And I mean, I just think it comes to the point where they're just not showing it. It's kind of like, let's be honest, yeah. is Harry really that shocked at everything that he said at Tribal? Like they've just gotten a, an endless loop of Harry shocked face. Um, like, <laughs> like, I love Harry, don't get me wrong, but either Harry knows that he's going to get shown every single second on the screen and he's just doing it purely for getting on TV. Good for you, Harry. But at the same time, come on, Harry, mm. you're a fan of this show. Like, are you really and, shocked? <laughs> like, and, and, and so I can't, I look, look, because there's so many episodes, it's all sort of melded into one anyway. But the other one that sort of annoyed me, twist, was it, what, it must have been the Exile Island twist or something along those lines. But it was... There was something like the oh and uh, the top three vote getters will yeah. go to and 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 you go well most seasons okay in maybe the first tribal when you got ten or twelve people yeah there could be three different people to get voted for but rarely in most modern day survivor or most survivor generally the general rule is half the tribe vote for Ben the other tribe vote for Cable or a, a a variation of that and one of those persons go home. There's never a third person. So how do you have a, a twist? And I, I think from memory the tribe is already fairly small. It's like how do you have a twist that the top three place gets? It's like, well, there's not even going to be a fourth. Like how does you got to manufacture a third person to be voted for? Like, yeah. I mean, even that sort of twist, I'm like, that just doesn't make a lot of sense and it's, yeah, to me. It that, keeps it, killing it, it Again, it feels like. It feels like production knows there's three people getting voted for, then so they go, oh, well, we have to have it at the top three because, well, the top two. I don't know. It's just and it's it, this is the thing going back to the production, like how you say, sort of sometimes things just seem to suit the what they want to do, and I think that's the problem. It's it's kind of like. Sure, we can sit here and can complain about the endless twists in US Survivor, but let's be honest, for the most part, they don't really feel manufactured. They feel like they're just flowing as part of the game. Yeah, there are definitely some that are convenient, but for the most part, they seem to be at least within a vicinity of, okay, this is when that twist is going to happen. The ones in Australian Survivor are way too convenient, and I think what really also comes down to that is that, you know, JLP... His closing lines are so scripted, and they just the scripted ones that come across at those exact moments when they seem so appropriate. Like it's like they've been pre-written, going, "Oh well, we know that Shawnee's going to go home tonight, so be sure to use this based on how this." Like they seem to play too much into watching what's going on out there. Whereas US Survivor, it's just so natural. Like I'm, I know they do it, despite what Jeff Probst says, um, but like it, it's just it's a lot more natural. And again, that comes back to these you know, over-the-top confessionals where they just seem so fake. And this is, again, you you pointed out beautifully where 
you know, Australian Survivor is probably less reality than everyone gives it credit for. And But again, it's Australian TV, isn't it? Australian TV, we're used to Married at First Sight, which, the block. Which is funny how, we're, you, know, <laughs> um, you know, well, it's funny listening to you and Matt talk about on Australian Survivor archives, download now. Um, um, you know, and that's how about why, you know, people bag or people that haven't seen it for a long time look, don't look fondly back at Whaler's Way. But the reality is that Channel 9 produced a show that was about as close to reality as you can get, so much so that a, tw- uh, a tr- uh, challenge, the first ever challenge, that bomb, they didn't reshoot it or come up with a different thing. They let it play out to show how real it was. Yeah. At the detriment of their own product, and and people complained about you know, that. It's so funny that people complained about that. You know, eighteen years ago, I still complained about it this day. You know, oh, this is terrible. This is terrible. And then people like people used to complain about this isn't reality. This isn't reality. And yet we're being shoved a product in our face which has so many elements that isn't reality, and yet we're fine with it. Hmm. It's Absolutely. Interesting. Um, um, but yeah, yeah. I was just going to jump in and quickly mention the reunion. Yep. Um, look. Let's be honest. It, it, it was it was a train wreck, but uh, at the same time, you can't fault it entirely because we're in you know interesting circumstances right now. But having said that, I, I don't think Australian Survivor reunions ever because they're not live. They're just so like it's so obvious to tell when things aren't live and kind of the way they're edited around it. But um, it was very awkward. <laughs> and I'm yeah, sorry, I, Osha, I, Osha, mate. You're, you know, good on you for jumping in. You're a good guy. Cool. But did he not just remind you of Bryant Gumble asking the most obvious questions that are, like, not, like, like, he was literally asking questions that had been explained in 50 episodes of this show from players. Yeah. And, like, he's just asking the most basic questions. Again, Osha, mate, love you. But when he said, oh, I'm a big fan of the show. Are you? Are you really? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, it was a really... Uh, I, yeah, it was just, I know what you're saying, like, it's very hard to, in our current climate, and, and obviously it was filmed about two weeks ago, I think, from memory, and obviously they couldn't have a live audience because of the situation, and even that made it feel weird, mm. because normally you have audience reacting to certain funny things, or, you know, David would have got a bigger cheer, or when they go, when Osho goes to Nick or something, or Shawnee, you hear a cheer, or it felt weird and sterile a bit, but it was just... Even the way it was organised, at first I'm like, oh, this is promising. It looks like they've done the setup. It looks like they're kind of potentially still in Fiji or Samara, wherever they filmed. And and then it was sort of weird and, and nothing goes David, but it just seemed weird that everyone was on a sort of stage or in like almost the, the jury setup. But then Dave was kind of standing there awkwardly yeah. on the side, but then his wife was there. And then, then Sean's on a screen next to him and then JLP's on a screen. And then... Then I didn't realize Mo wasn't even there, and then she was on the screen. That was just weird. And then there were definitely people missing. Like I think uh, I'm just trying to think. There's I a think, lot of people missing. There was like six I, people. Just to there. Na- 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 not to name drop again, but uh, Johnny Fairplay called me the other morning, and I know he told me Jericho was wasn't there. Shame wasn't, and there. that made sort of sense. Yeah, well, I was going to say yeah, was Lydia I, wasn't. I, John wasn't. Yeah, Henry wasn't. Yeah, so. I'll, yeah, no, there was heaps that weren't. And but when when Johnny had told me Jericho wasn't there, I just assumed he was the only one that wasn't there. And Matt Rogers wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there was a lot. And look, I can again understand the situation, but then they didn't. It sounds harsh because I do like David and and I did like him as a winner, but I felt like Osha, 
you know, spent time with him, great, he's a winner. But, you know, with Jeff Probst doing, say, the American version of, of the reunion, which they have got worse and, oh. and less spent on those players. But Point generally, Jeff would still go... Jeff would still go the winner, have a bit of a conversation with him, but then would go through the rest of the rest of the cast. But it doesn't have to link back to the winner. But I felt like a lot of the questions were asked somehow came back to David, and it was like again, David's how did David feel about someone instead of who did such and such feel about somebody else? Like it felt like it was still revolved too much around David and it was like, you know, it was, oh, Phoebe, why are you still, you too good, you know, I'll flick, you know, and then, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's, and, just, it's a tricky thing, the reunion, because, like, we all want it. We don't want the reunion to go, but, I mean, like, it's as you said with the US one, I mean, we haven't had a good, I don't think we've had a good reunion in the US one since Philippines. Like, I mean, gosh, you know, we're 15-odd seasons removed now from a good reunion, Um, and it's just, they do continue, I mean, reunions literally are almost like 12 minutes now, aren't they? Because it's just kind of, they, they dig into them so much. But, um, again, we don't want to lose them because I think they are still very important to have and it's kind of a good closure point to a season. But, um, yeah, it's just it was just very strange, that reunion. And, again, like, we know the situation we're under, but the fact that, like, you had, what, 17, 16 people sitting there, they didn't even speak to Michelle. Um, I, I mean, they spoke yeah. to Daisy once. Um, like, I mean, you've got less people than you have and you still can't talk to them all. Like, uh, did they, they talk to Zach. They kind of mentioned him once and he kind of had a bit of a nod. Um, and AK wasn't there either, was he? I don't think AK was there. Um, oh, yeah, I can't remember him being there either. There but was a just, lot that were it was there. Just, it was just very interesting. But, uh, look, at least we had one. I mean, we didn't have one last Well, season. actually, it's funny you mentioned Daisy because, again, that was the other revenge plot of the, yeah. the show as well, which... The editors played up, or and no mention story. of Lockie. Like, no, I thought there would have been a ten-minute bloody promo for Look, everyone. Bachelor, Lockie's yeah. a bloody bachelor, but not even a mention of it. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Um, I think that's still controversial. Well, now that things have been on hold, like, I mean, I'm assuming he would have been filming pretty soon, or was that already? That, has that already been done? Or? Don't know. I, look, I, I have to say, cable. I don't closely follow the Bachelor filming schedule, so I, I couldn't tell you. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, they obviously they obviously announced him, but I, I wonder. I don't think it would have filmed. Yeah, I think what they should maybe, maybe, they maybe they will. I don't know. I think they should put Brooke as one of the uh, the people on there. <laughs> Like to just throw it up. <laughs> yeah, but isn't that what they do anyway? Haven't the last few bachelors had actually someone they've actually technically <sighs> Mate, met before? I, and been, yeah. The, the most I ever watched a bachelor was when we had the Tassie guy on, and I was still working at the Tassie newspaper because I had to cover the bloody show, and it was torture. So I, I couldn't tell you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't watch it. Uh, and I'm not going to watch it either. I'm, I'm sorry, Lockie. You seem like a nice guy, but um, Lockie's not enough to make me watch The Bachelor. <laughs> if, it was, if it was Tarzan, maybe. If it was John, maybe. Uh, but <laughs> not Lockie. Sorry. Um, I guess, I don't know if there's anything else you want to add, anything we haven't brought up, we talked about. I mean, again, we kind of only just wanted to come on here and do a bit of a general rap, sort of, you know, not do the deep dive, as some people call it, as we've talked about. Um but, I mean, look, we're sadly, we're not getting the second season this year, of course, that has been postponed, um, which I'll be honest with you, I'm fine with. <laughs> I'm completely fine with. Uh, Australian Survivor, as much as it's great to have on TV, it is a marathon to get through. Um, and, 
like obviously you and I are very much hooked on season 40 winners at war. I always knew that would be the case with me. I always knew that would be my focus and I'm loving every minute of it. Uh, so we've still got that, but, um, anything else you want to add on a, on Australian survivor all stars or, or the future or kind of where we're looking at right well, now? It's, it's interesting. You brought up winners of war because I feel like that's that. And, you know, the companion piece being uh, Australian survivor all stars. I think it's depending on who you like, um, it's been a t- like enjoyable watch yet a bit of sweet watch because, and that's probably where my, you know, all stars sort of waned. I, I didn't think Phoebe was going to win, but I just wanted to see Phoebe do well or make the merge and make the jury. Um, I wanted to see Nick do well. Maybe that's where I've become a bit OG about the first reboot season in 2016, where I do a lot like a lot of those players that played that first season back. And I've met them in person or had great conversation with them, and they are quality people. So I sort of wanted to see them do well. Obviously, Brooke went great guns. Um, like we said, Flick, you know, barely barely visible in the show. Um, but, um, you know, I, maybe that's where I lost it a little bit when Nick um, Nick went and then Phoebe. And so my I wasn't as invested in it. I was wanting to see AK do well as well. And then... I felt like he wasn't like we like you said he was. We did see him, and he sort of had those maybe over the top confessionals. But I still feel like we didn't see the AK that we know, and I feel like he was neutered a little bit. Like I just felt like he was doing. And I've heard from you know you see on social media when players explain moves and whatever, and I know there's a lot of stuff that they show that AK was part of, or they showed it from a different ver- or a different angle to, you know, play up somebody else's involvement in a potential blindside and, and stuff like that. So, I don't know. There's a lot of players I was more invested with didn't do as much or weren't seen as much. So maybe that's what, another reason why I didn't just didn't rate the season as much as maybe someone else from a different walk of life that prefers different players. That's unfortunately, yeah, I guess I, that's... I'd agree with that. And I think it's it's also tricky too because, again, the overhyping of this, I mean, JLP coming out, this was the best season of Australian Survivor ever, and then, you know... And don't forget, it is the greatest, greatest <laughs> alliance of all time. Just stop it, Channel 10. Just stop it. Um, And, like, also, you know, like, again, going back to our point about David, uh, great win, you know, easily, again, top two player of Australian Survivor. It's a debate for another episode. But for people to say he's the greatest winner of any version in the history of Survivor, yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> like, I, I, like, sure, it could maybe yeah. be in the conversation of a top 10, top 20 of a solo game. You could make an argument. But again, I, I, I don't... Like, I'm sorry, Kim, Brian, they had so much more control over the entire season and did a lot more for an entire season. And uh, anyway different conversation um, it is a different conversation but at the end of the day like i mean i'm sure there's one or two people out there on this planet that has actually seen every episode of every true. incarnation of survivor and we know your good friend our good friend noah has watched some of the other ones that are just probably even in different languages that i would never have even seen before but i, I don't even know how you can definitively say he's you the can't. best winner Across. You, you, you actually can't because every game is different. And I sometimes think it, it, it's all relative that, you know, the Americans play 39 days, but that some some seasons they don't have as many twists or they don't have as many swaps. And and I just think 
it's so hard when, especially again in the modern game with twists and swaps and that, luck plays so much of a role in your success or not that I sometimes think it's really hard to even compare winners. You know, I think it's a, it was a lot easier if you wanted to compare Rob with Richard Hatch and Tina when the game is a little bit more simpler in, in a lot of ways. Um, but not now. I think it's so hard, and, and I always hate when people say, oh, well, you know, even your favourite, Kim Spradlin, is one of the greatest winners of all time. And I, I do rate her, but then you go, then some people go, oh, well, she wasn't playing with a great cast. Well, that's not Which her fault either. But it's a dumb argument. Sorry. But then, well, it is a dumb <laughs> argument, but some people do talk up Kim, but then they bag, yeah. but they bag Boss and Rob for winning Redemption Look, Island. It's, again. It's, but that's yeah. a similar argument because you go, well, was he with Nuffies that he could And this take, is the beauty you know, of like, this, this show. This is the beauty of it. We've all got opinions. None of us are right. None of us are wrong. Like, yes, you are going to have a very strong opinion that you're going to you're going to defend, and that's great. I'm going to have a very strong opinion that I'm going to defend. Great. But deep down, you and I know that we're not right. We might jokingly say, oh, we're right, you're wrong. But I think most logical people out there can say, well, this is our opinion. We can argue it to the death, but, you know, then all of a sudden Noah comes along and can defend, uh, you know, uh, Yule's game more than I would or, you know, uh, Julian's going to come along and defend Jericho's game more than I would. And, like, that's fine. And this is what I think sometimes we need to understand as people involved in this community of Survivor fans is that we can get heated, we can get, you know, conversational, we can do all this. And we, we need to understand that there is no clear right or wrong answer. I, Matt and I, you and I, we're all going to defend Season 1 Whalers way. We want people to appreciate it more. And, yeah, I'm going to say, you know, things like, oh, this is great, this is, you know, a great season of Australian Survivor, Rob's a great winner. And, again, that's my opinion. I, I'm not the definitive person <laughs> to, to, to say this. No one is. So I think that this is what's beautiful about this show and will continue to be great about this show. Uh, we can debate, we can talk, we can give us plenty of content to talk about. Um, and I think that, that that makes it an entertaining time when we're all bloody locked in our houses staring at walls right now. Just quick question without notice and because we didn't really discuss it. Does You talked about Sean only getting one vote. Does Mo get more than one vote if she's up against David? Yes. I think I think that's why David took Sean, and I, I don't think this was really explained, really. Uh, I don't buy David's, oh, I take the best of the end. I think David knew that Sean would get less votes because Sean pissed more people off, and clearly that's what happened. Yep. Um, I think Mo well, I, would have easily gotten more votes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I think too, their gaze are too much aligned. That Mo could have won. I agree with that argument. Mo could yeah. have won. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, may, maybe, but I, I feel like there's some tweets from uh, a certain Nick Idanza that pretty much may, pretty much dispel that theory that Dave would have hands down smashed her as well in the finals. So. I just think I think also um, the Mo the Mo um, the story of Mo and the support of the family. I think that would have swayed a lot of jury members. I think that you know someone like Tarzan would have yeah, been swayed yeah. for that. Um, you know, and and that's going back to your point about Australian Survivor being a bit more you know friendshipy in that. It's um, I think that would have definitely played a, a different part into it. And this is this is where it's tricky as well, because like going back to my point about Sean, I think Sean deserved more votes. And I think Sean, yeah, she faltered on a couple of answers, but I think she was able to sway herself back more this time around. And this is what's, again, frustrating to me about a player like Sean who who really is a great player. <laughs> um, I, You know, the one thing I agreed with Henry all season was when he said 
uh, that she is the greatest player never to win, uh, at least the Channel 10 version. I'd probably still agree with that. I think she's a great player. Um, so, yeah. I, I, it's just it's sad that she only got one vote. It really is sad. But it came from and Mo. So, That's actually, actually, of all the surprising people to come uh, from, it came from okay. Mo. I was going to say, I didn't pick up who voted for it her anyway. So, yeah. okay, there you go. Maybe I'd already tuned out. I don't know. But, mm. uh, yeah, it's... Um, yeah, look, it's interesting. I, uh, yeah, I think definitely I think David made the right decision. The funny thing is when he was having that conversation when they were both still up on the perch, I actually thought that was his way of he was getting to the point of saying, look, if you step down, same, yeah, I'll take you to the final two to guarantee make sure guarantee his spot, obviously, and, and him having the choice. Um, I thought that's where he was getting to and they were having that conversation and then... I know it's probably about him locking him in just in case he fell, um, locking him with Sean. But um, yeah, it was a, another funny one where yeah, I sort of thought, well, why even go down that path if you're not, I don't know, going to almost offer a deal or, or or try and at least ask for a deal? Um, maybe we just didn't see that. But um, do you think if Sean had won that, would she have taken David or not? Oh, that's a good question. Um... Yeah, I don't know. I think she may have, because um, this is the thing. I, I I just don't think no one was no one was taking Mo, um, just because again I think they were a bit afraid of her sob story. I yeah, I think she would have taken David. I think she would have, and then I think if Mo had a one, she would have taken Sean. So, mm. um, yeah, I mean that's a good question. I mean this is another thing. This is what Osha failed at. Osha should be asking these questions. Like, who would have you taken? Who would have voted for That's Mo? why we're here. That's why we're here. We, we asked the hard Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Osha. Uh, what was he? Yeah. What did he used to be called? Andy G or something like that, wasn't that? <laughs> Andy G, Australian Idol. How, does, how do that you get Andy G from idol. Osha? Like, has that ever been explained? <laughs> no, no, no. So Osha is, I think it, it definitely has something to do with his um, family heritage and okay. something along those lines. So it was more of, I guess, embracing his family tree and something. I, off the top of it, don't know exactly. Bring what's back to do the with big that. blonde locks, Osha. We all miss them. Yeah. Come on. Like, I, I really want him to, like, you know, he's got this new image for himself and he's called me Osha. But, like, I want them to, like, reboot Australian Idol. Not that I would watch it. And well, then they just bring him and James Matheson out and he's blonde. Well, it's not funny energy. that James Matheson does the talking talking after tribal show. Yeah. Well, they, they still, you know, did he, did, was it James Matheson ran for politics or was it Andy or was it Osha that ran for politics? One of them ran for a seat mm. in an election one year. I think it was James Matheson. I know Jay Matheson was also on the Celebrity Apprentice, which is was an underrated TV show. I agree, I agree, Kay. Well, I really liked it. Like, I only caught the. I did. I don't think I watched the first one, but then I watched uh, least. So who it was? Um, Dicko one, Stephanie Rice one, and then Sophie Monk one, didn't she? Um, yeah, and that was a, that was the, the one. one? I Cause I never watched. It wasn't. A, it wasn't a celebrity, so it was a real one, like the first. Um, no, there was definitely a celebrity George apprentice that I didn't watch. There was definitely one. Um, uh, I'd have to Google it then, because it was de- it right definitely because the, the first ever. <laughs> the first ever season was real people, so there was a real bloke that won it and became worked work with Mr. No, Morris. No, I'm right. Um, to interrupt you. Julia Morris won the first season. I knew there was a season that I didn't Oh, Julia Morris. Yeah, okay, yeah. there you go. Yeah. Well, it goes to show, like, you sort of think she, that they've already had that many seasons. 
But geez, they had some and great Nathan, characters. And Nathan from The Amazing Race was runner-up to Dicko. That's right. Yes. Um, gosh. See, yeah, I, and like I, I, um, I remember that was back when I was doing The Brink properly and I like I would get the interviews and for the two seasons I did interviews with, they gave, like, I didn't get to choose. They were basically like, oh, actually, no, sorry, I did get to choose. I Like, I had to say, they were like, oh, who would you like to interview? And I, I gave them like three names. And each time they gave me the winner. So, like, the first season I got to interview Dicko before the season. And then the second time around I got to interview Stephanie Rice before the season. And they obviously both went on to win. So, I was like, oh, cool, I've got a bit of luck here. Um, so, but you're right, it was, it was entertaining. I enjoyed the Australian Celebrity Apprentice. So, I guess one of the other things before we head off and something I sort of jumped on board with, unfortunately, we Lee lost his mum during the season. Um, I know that's something that's, um, you know, you've unfortunately had that scenario happen a couple of years ago. Um, I lost my dad a couple of years before that, not quite stroke, but heart-related. Um, so, I mean, how emotional was that for you? Because, I mean, for me, that was that was the one time I definitely cried <laughs> during the season and, and actually got me emotional. I, it was funny because the advert came up and so many people didn't know, but I had already heard it, obviously, through the news, through social media. So I knew it was coming, and even then I still got way too, <laughs> probably way too emotional for it. But um, what I did do after that, um, the Tower Challenge, which was sort of around earlier, they put it out. When was that? When was it late, late last year? Or yeah, yeah. I don't know. I feel like it was a while ago, but it got revamped, and then there was actually a calendar that they had all, a lot of them had contributed to. So for the Stroke Foundation Australia. So um, before I let you jump in, uh, yeah, if you for any of our listeners, go to oh, I think it's Stroke. What is AU? I'll get back to you on that, but um. Grab a calendar, twenty-five bucks. It's good for a good cause, and you get to, for the next twelve months, look at some of your favourite survivors wearing just a towel. I sadly so, didn't make the calendar. They didn't put my my photo up there. Sadly. No. no, um, no. Strokefoundation.org.au is the website. Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was definitely emotional. I mean, it was you don't ever want to see this for anyone in a game like this, and um, you know, I can't imagine for Lee for that to. Um, to happen in the game, like when you're out in the middle of nowhere and to kind of get that phone. I mean, that's that's everyone's dread going out to play Survivor. You know, it's not like, um, you know, say with Jenna or Adam, you know, when kind of they went into the game when they knew that their mum was sick. Um, this was just out of the blue. Um, so, yeah, it was it was very tricky to watch. And, and it's, it's all, and not to take away from this, had it been from somebody else besides Lee, but it's, it's also, I think, difficult to watch when you see someone like Lee, who I guess you have this picture of being kind of like this, you know, athlete who, you know, wouldn't have a big breakdown like this. It's always tricky to see someone in that situation. So yeah, it was it was definitely tricky to watch, and I think that they handled it like all the players handled it very well, like Tarzan and just being there for him. And yeah, he was fan- he was fantastic. Though, and yeah. I think I think what was really good was um, I read I don't, I don't often read the exit press or things like that, um, but I did read one. And I did appreciate Lee sort of saying that, like, look, production were great. Production sort of said to me, like, look, we want to film this, but we don't have to if you don't want us to. And Lee said, like, no, it's fine. So, like, that, that things like that kind of, you know, appreciative that they kind of care a little bit there and don't just think about the, the bottom line of the TV show. Um, yeah. So I, I think, knowing on that too, I, th- I don't know how accurate this is, but I believe... Maybe when they were putting the episode together, Lee had a lot of yeah, you know, a lot that, of that stuff no, was wrong. You, you're right. Well. No, I saw that too. That he kind of they showed it to him beforehand, um, which again is great. Like you know, 
sit here and say all the things I want about Channel 10, but no, it's, it's really good that they do that. Um, but yeah, like it was tricky. And the thing like with Lee too is that, I mean, Lee and Sean now are the only two players to have played twice and never be voted out. So, you know, there's a conversation for Lee. <laughs> uh, well, different circumstances. Trick, yeah. But... Um, and, and, and look, it's again a big hypothetical too. Like it'd be interesting to know like if that wasn't, obviously that never happened that you sort of wonder where Lee was going to finish because he looked like he was in the right spot, but he kind of also looked like he could almost be a potential swing vote if Lee, Lee's underrated. Lee's right. always been an underrated player to me. I know that's probably not a popular opinion because I know a lot of people talk down on Lee's game, but, um, you know, I think, like, yeah, it's, it's a different conversation now because Lee went out in different circumstances. But to me, there's something about Lee that people – Lee's, Lee's, to me, kind of like what Rob Dixon would probably come across. It's like, no one wants to vote him out because Lee's a guy that you just want to be around. You know what I mean? And yeah. I think – and, like – I don't care what people turn around and say, like, well, that's not playing the game. He just he doesn't know what he's doing. That is playing the game. That is playing the game. Being, like, this is the thing that people talk up someone like Shawnee. Oh, she's a social queen. Well, what's the difference between Lee being social and not having been wanting to vote out just because he's not as, you know, don't get me started. He's he's not Shawnee. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? So it's, 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 it's a different way of playing. So I think that Lee definitely has something about him. But um, at the end of the day, this tower challenge thing, I think... <coughs> Bless you. Um, sorry, I was just got corona. Sorry. <laughs> Everyone, quick, go go quarantine for two weeks if you're listening to this. But I mean, look, I think the thing that's really good with this tower challenge is, and this goes into to David. Like, let's be honest, David, I think did this deliberately in the months leading up to it because he's like, oh, let's get a bit of attention for this now, and then when this happens, let's bring it back. And yeah. and now it's kind of it went from like, oh, ha ha, everyone's going naked in a towel, lol, hilarious to. Hey, this is actually a really good cause right now, and yeah. props well, to everyone uh, for it's doing fun- it. It's funny you said that because it, it was a kind of funny thing that kind of I feel like it was just like a Snapchat almost not a private thing, but someone putting it up, and then other Survivor fans were seeing, oh, what's going on here, and people were sharing it, and then people were like, oh, Daisy did one, or oh, John's done one, and then you see David's one, but then you're like, oh, I haven't. Someone said Phoebe did one, but I haven't seen it, and it was almost this for me at least, like wanting to try and find everyone doing this challenge and I feel like some people were putting it on the Instagram and then stuff was on Facebook and I'm like, what is this? It's kind of almost like this Easter egg hunt of who's done the tower challenge and then what that was all about. And it was a bit funny because it was like, what kind of, where did this come from? And then, yeah, obviously that all got explained months later uh, down the track when obviously that happened and, and then it was like, yeah, get the calendar and support support a good cause yeah and and good and like yeah everyone should go out and buy one i think it's it is definitely a great cause and i mean look cable you you mentioned about your dad mentioned about my mom i mean kind of i think anyone who's lost a parent to to whatever whatever the disease or whatever happened to them you know i think that's always going to be a a cause you know that's always going to stick with you no matter what um you know it wasn't a stroke to kill my mum, but i mean i can i can definitely understand the you know, why Lee and everyone's kind of wanting to get behind this because, you know, you, you definitely do feel um, an urge to to bring awareness to that cause and everything. And, and look, you, you know, we, we come to these shows, we, we joke, we laugh, we, we try and make you laugh. And at the end of the day, though, we're all, we're all humans. We all want to, you know, support each other. And, and this is a great cause. And I think that, um, you know, people should get behind it. Uh, and, and, you know, you get yourself a cool little calendar at the end of the day that you're going to keep in 20 years' time. 
hey, as an Australian Survivor fan. I mean, look look what we're digging up now, Cable, when it comes to all these season one merchandising that we're loving seeing now all of a sudden um, that people have got their hands on. And this is not only, you know, a cool little bit of merchandise for you guys, but you're going to be supporting a, a really worthy cause out there as well. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've got one and it came in the mail the other day and I'm happy with it. And again, it's just one of those things that I, I probably won't even use as a calendar. It'll just go into my little... And when I say little box, it's probably a really big box slash cupboard slash almost garage full of Survivor memorabilia. Yeah, you need <laughs> to get that room sorted. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, Cable, it's always a pleasure, mate, to have you on. I really obviously appreciate you, uh, you know, uh, being on the time that you are right now. Um, and uh, it's, it's always a lot of fun to talk Survivor with you. Let, let's close this out with you. Uh, give me a winner's pick for Winners at War right now. Oh, wow. Jesus. Um, I did tweet out, like, with my heart, I was hoping it was going to be a Danny win. Um, <laughs> I know. I know, I know. I just got... Sorry. And then you was on. But um, I believe I did have uh, a little Miss uh, Michelle Fitzgerald as my Smokey or my other sort of potential winner. So... I think she's on the right track and she's got enough connections and she stupidly gave a fired token to an ex. That's a bit weird. But, um, yeah, I think, um, yeah, look, it's hard to know. what They're merging next week and we're going to have one or two people re-enter from the extinction. So, yeah, there's still a lot to play out. But, um, unfortunately, I think it's going to be a new schooler, that sort of ballpark of, uh, you know, I don't think any old school player is going to get close to the end and it'll be sort of a mix of probably Sarah, Sophie, Michelle, Jeremy and uh, maybe Nick and Wendell up in that sort of top bracket, I think. We haven't seen anyone from season 30 onwards get voted out yet. Um, God, I lost Danny. Uh, I lost pretty much every other person I love. Um, but then Yule, to me, was getting a clear winner's edit. He's gone. Um as much as it pains me to say this, because you know I'm not a fan of hers, I think Sophie's Sophie, in a decent yeah. position. Um, but I'm I'm also looking at Denise. Um, I'm looking at yeah, Sarah. Yeah. And I'm also yeah. looking at Tony. No. Well, I'd love to see Tony. I just don't see that. I, I, I think he's a real dark horse. I don't think he's in that top tier. But I think that possibly it's not mm. all hope is lost. Um, but not, not all. But you, you you touched on Denise, and I think the other interesting little sort of alliance that's popped up is Denise and Kim, who oh, were back to back winners from twenty four twenty five, and then you chuck in the winner of twenty three, yeah, Sophie. Sophie and Kim. That's a good little three. That's a good little threesome, and especially if finally, like again, I'm a I'm a man. I'm very much a man, and I've. <laughs> When I was young, I probably like, yeah, I want all the men to win, especially when we got to the Amazon, it was men versus women. Yeah, I want a man to win. But you know what? I'm a, I am love Survivor, but I'm a bit over men winning. We need um, a woman to win. We need yeah, a woman 100%. to win. <laughs> it's so been too long. I, I, I would love to see Sophie, Kim, and um, Denise sort of, and even Michelle, I'm, one of those four, getting towards the end. Give, some, give my girl Sarah some love. I fall more and more in yeah, love with that woman every day. I love Sarah. She's well, great. you know why I I like Sarah, so um, yeah, I, she I rate happens Sarah to share a also. profession potentially with Tony, with, with Tony, Tony. with Tony. Oh, yeah, yes. um, 
Yeah, so it, yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm definitely a Sarah fan too, and I don't like the way that I think people bag her out about game changes and stuff like that. Just oh, Sarah's might, again, so similar. underrated for game changes. She's, she's, she's our last great winner. I'm saying that right now. Sarah's been our well, last great yeah, winner. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, um, yes, yeah, been a long time. Anyway, yeah. we, we will we will keep watching it. We're very excited for it. Um, we'll potentially get you and Julian on the on the line down the track for that. But uh, as I said, great to always have you on the show, my friend. And uh, keep keep in touch. We will get you back on the show at some point in the future. No worries. And a big thank you goes out to Cable for his time. Always fun, as I said there, to chat to him about Survivor and Australian Survivor. We didn't post anything about listener questions. As I said, it was kind of a very quick little decision to get it recorded, new time zones and all that sort of fun stuff right now. So uh, we got it up up and running and you've got the episode, so there you go. Now, with other coverage of Survivor, we uh, we are looking at trying to uh, bring back Winners at War coverage. We are just in the process of trying to organise something, so stay tuned for that. As soon as we know, you will know as well, so just keep an eye on the socials as well. Uh, and just also, too, with just happenings and everything right now, that um, in the coming months there may be a few changes just in regards to some of our episodes and just some of the way it's been distributed out there. Uh, we, we don't have any concrete news just yet in terms of uh, what we're having to do with some of our systems and everything, but uh, there may be a bit of changeover in the meantime. We will again update you once we know, just doing some uh, talking and negotiating at the moment with how our uh, show is uh, stored and all this kind of fun stuff. None of the technical mumbo-jumbo you need to know, but uh, just stay tuned for that and uh, we'll update you should anything change. In the meantime, Bad Movie Month is starting this week. We have our very first episode dropping tomorrow, Crossroads, Britney Spears' star vehicle. Fun chat there with Colin about that movie and a few more bad movies to come. And we're also going to be restructuring some of our other months this year because pretty much all the months we've had planned for you this year are having to move because all the movies are moving. So uh, we will have to move some things forward and do a few things differently for you, so stay tuned for that as always. Uh, But thank you very much for tuning in to this. We hope you enjoyed Australia. Australian Survivor All-Stars. If you do enjoy Australian Survivor, of course, remember to check out our sister podcast, Australian Survivor Archives, where Matt Dyson and I go back into the archives of Australian Survivor, funnily enough, and go over the history of it, starting at the very first season back in Whaler's Way 2002. We're on a bit of a hiatus at the moment, but we will be back with new episodes very, very soon. There's plenty of old episodes to keep you entertained there, some interviews with some former players from the 2002 version of Australian Survivor, which we know you will enjoy. So uh, hit those up and you'll be able to listen to those as well. Thanks for tuning in once again. Thanks for supporting the Oz Network. We'll speak to you very, very shortly. Good night. Thanks for downloading this episode from the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as find out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks once again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time.